That's Not Canon is a community committed to giving new podcasters a platform to share their voices and have some fun. If you would like to get started podcasting or simply enjoyed this podcast and would like to find out more, you can head over to our website at thatsnotcanon.com. If you simply want to support us and what we do, we would very much welcome your patronage at patreon.com forward slash thatsnotcanon. Well, hello and welcome to Pro's Garden. Today we have a very wonderful opportunity here to speak directly with the author of Welcome to the Day. Welcome to the Day was written by Kevin Renkin. Kevin, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Excellent. Hello, Charles. Yes, I'm Charles Rose, uh, and I certainly, um, certainly am glad to talk with you, Kevin. I just freshly read your book. I was very, very delighted. And I, I would like very much to um, uh, to have copies of this book to give to friends of mine that I think really would appreciate the work. And I'm sure that our listeners would like to know why is this such a special book? And hopefully we can uncover some of those reasons that I, that I believe and perhaps some, some of your ideas about this, that, you know, in, in looking at what the essence of this is all about. But I'd like to first talk about you. Um, I, I've... Um, I've done a little research and I've learned a great deal about you at working, <laughs> yeah, working with uh, students and getting uh, uh, awards for your um, commensurate work with the students over the years. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about um, uh, who you are and some of the things that you do? And uh, I, I believe tw- over 20 years, you've been teaching students how to discover their talents and their capacities and open their doors and windows for the future just beautifully. And, you could probably explain it more clearly than I could. For 31 years, I've been a high school theater teacher. And for 30 of those years, I teach, I've taught at the Pinellas County Center for the Arts at Gibbs High School, which is a magnet program for artistic students. Uh, I'm the head of the theater department there. And that is what we do, is we uh, train students for a career in, in, in theater. And so I have done that for the last 30 years at that school, 31 years total. And I've directed, well, I think the last show I directed there was my 40th main stage production there. Wow. Um, so in my, in my real life, not my literary life, um, that's, that's my career. That's what I do for a living. Well, you know, it, it's interesting. When, when, um, when somebody's working in education, working with young people, and, and ex- especially with these vibrant, uh, brilliant young minds that are just blossoming before you, it inspires you to want to continue working with them. And uh, to, I, I must congratulate you. Uh, 31 years in total, but uh, doing four, uh, 40 main stage, main stage productions, uh, that's, a, that's a life it's it's a life work, uh, and, and I I'm very very excited about this. Uh, uh, I understand that at times you give awards to um, uh, individuals. I, I believe it's the seniors that are graduating, or, or is it uh, uh, the Marley Awards? Yeah, the Marley Awards was something I started when I first started at that school because I wanted our own little version of the Tony Awards, and okay. and we we put on three main stage productions a year, so there's a lot of um, really rich material to pull from. 
to nominate these kids. Um, so yeah, that was something I started when I first started there. And every year we've done it this, this year, we did it a virtual Marley Awards ceremony. We did it two nights ago and we did it virtually with the seniors. Excellent. Which is, a, which was an interesting thing. Um, so, uh, but yeah, that's something I've done for the last 30 years. Well, I think we probably, for for the record, we have to mention that we are going through a pandemic, and I think uh, it, we need to make sure that uh, for for years to come, as people maybe come back to this, they'll know that this is a very unusual time. Oh. Maybe once in a hundred years, do we ever have anything as uh, universally grave and serious as what we're going through now? And yeah. you managed to put together an entire award ceremony virtually using the technology of the day. And I, I think that's, that's tremendous. Well, I had, kids, I had kids help me because <laughs> they're more tech savvy than I am. So, <laughs> Well, you know, I, I found, and, and I have to say, a, a, a very wise gentleman, 20 years older than me, he said, he says, Charles, you need to have um, mentors that are not only older, but younger than you too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I see the wisdom of that. Oh, yeah. These kids, they, they got it down. <laughs> oh, yeah. They'll, I, if I can't figure out something, I'll say, here, can you do this for me? And they, they do it. So, yeah. I learned well, from them. Why don't they learn from me? Yes. I think that's one of the things that we do in education is uh, we lead by example and also by instruction. And then there's a third thing. I think we let them try and let them, I don't use, don't want to use the word fail, but let them falter and then stand up on their feet and try again until they are able to walk on their own. Mm. I say, I think I say that, let them explore. That's what explore. I say. That's uh, yeah. well said. Explore. Yeah, I, I let them explore. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I, I've seen uh, uh, kids at all at different ages and uh, you know, when they're real small, they're, they might, they might get up on their toes a little bit and, sit down in their seat a few times before they actually are able to walk across, uh, you know, maybe a couple yards or so. Mm-hmm. And, and then I see uh, students in high school and then in college, the same kind of effort. And there's something youthful about trying, even though it hurts at time and try again until you got it. Then the tremendous reward of, Hey, I got it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like writing, I would say. You know, I think that's a tremendous, a good segue. There, there's something about the first book. Uh, and, and Now, I, I, I imagine you probably have done a lot of writing, but could you tell, tell us a little bit about your writing experience? Uh, you mean in, in, in regards to this book or just in general? Yeah, yeah, a little background about your, because we know that you, you, you're an educator, you're in theater, you, you've done some things with, with students, uh, it, uh, giving them opportunities to grow and learn and, and uh-huh. set them on their way. But, uh, but writing, writing yeah. is, uh, is, uh, is another, another branch of creativity. And uh, yeah. how did you discover that and how did you nurture that? Well, I've been writing for as long as I can remember. If part of what you do in this pandemic is you try to clean house a little bit. And yeah. I've been going into that closet that has those boxes in it. And my mother um, saved all the stuff that I wrote when I was a little kid and when I was in high school, she saved it all. And when I bought my house, she mailed it to me and said, here, it's yours to keep now. Uh, for instance, there's a, uh, an attempt <clears throat> from third grade 
rewrite stories from the Bible. Okay. And not only did I rewrite them with words misspelled, but I tried to illustrate it as well. So wow. I've been writing for a long, long, long time. I don't know why I never occurred to me to study it or major in it in college. I studied theater instead, but it's never quite left me. Um, and then, so, you know, it comes and that, but you know how it is, real life happens and something that's a true passion, um, it gets put in the background for a little while. And then I had to get a, I had to take a class to recertify to teach. And I took a class at USF and it was a creative writing class because it could be about anything. I just needed the credits. And that's when I realized, that's where I wondered where that person went that was that writer for all those many years. Um, he'd been gone for a long time and, and he was knocking on the door wanting to come back. And so um, it's kind of like it reignited my passion. And I had this grain of an idea in my head since before that, actually. Um, and from that point on, I thought, you know what? I think what's going to make me get it done is if I study it, if I go back to graduate school and study it. So I went to the University of Tampa, got my master's degree in creative writing while I was still teaching, mind you. Wow. <laughs> it took <laughs> three years. And the book you read was my graduate thesis. Excellent. Well, well done. And I, I, I was noticing, noticing as I was reading through there that uh, you were touching several chords, and 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 I liked the way you would uh, reflect back a little on the story. Then, then the next chapter, you would you would reach further ahead, and so there was a consistency there. I I would I would I was kind of working my way through, understanding where this was going, and and getting more than one perspective, and they all just wove together beautifully. Uh, just uh, a, a a nice piece of work, almost. Almost like music, it was. Uh, it had pattern. It had it had uh, a tempo. It had uh, a direction, and it was uh, just just a well executed piece of work. Thank you. Can I quote you? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, make sure that they don't they uh, they they get the right Charles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Any case, uh, say uh, there's another thing here that I, I was interested in. There seems to be so much realism in this, and, and, and working with students and working with people in the community and such, uh, is is part of this story. Is it coming from uh, your 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 observations of people, your experience with education, your um, reading of other works, or, or is this a, a blend of different things? Uh, how does this all come together? Well, I will tell you. I think. I think. Part of what makes you a good writer is is to be a, a great reader. Yeah. Uh, and I try to read stuff. As a matter of fact, I've been doing a lot of reading during the pandemic. Try to read stuff that I hopefully will admire because you can learn a lot from the great writers, I think. And so, so um, I read a lot and I see kind of how they do things. Uh, also, too, it's based a lot on my father, ah. my actual real life father. And I, you know, I've done a lot of observing and I think we, and actually Cassie is my older sister. How beautiful. Uh, and when she read the book, she even said, Cassie swears a lot, doesn't she? <laughs> <And> I, I, <laughs> it does, sorry about that. But um, 
if if you're really familiar with the material that you're going to use as a as a source material, then um, I think you've already got a lot of your base work done. You've already done the observation, and I think writers are nothing if not observers of life. Um, and so I think if if we set out to observe, yes, um, and put those observations down on paper without making judgments, I think that's very important. Without making judgments, we just observe. Um, then I think we've done a lot of our work, I think. Oh, okay, so so I, now a, a lot of our um, listeners and uh, will probably, they're, they're probably uh, inspired and, and wanting to write. And, and you're touching several different things. Uh, observe without judgment. Uh, use uh, uh, various source materials. You have family. You have, uh, as, you, as you mentioned, your father, your sister. I, I'm sure there are other people. It, all of these are, are touching those creative nodes in your mind, and, and uh, you're somehow weaving together this, this amazing tapestry. Uh, and and I, I think that uh, perhaps we could mention to the, to the viewers and, and listeners that they, too, may want to explore their, their ability, their talent to write. In your case, you actually illustrated your first books. Um, maybe they could, uh, they could write... Uh, from their heart and their experiences and, and inspire others. Uh, yeah, I think they cert most certainly could. And, um, you know, think about the power of description. I, you know, I think description or descriptive uh, writing is so, so very important because you have within, you know, without going overboard too much, but I think you have to paint a picture, you know, talking about illustrations. I think you have to paint a picture for the, for the readers. Um, and so I think that's very, very, very important. Okay. You know, it's true. Uh, and, and I think, uh, I, I, I dabble with the arts. Uh, I do, um, I do fine arts and sculpture and, uh, uh, pen and inks and, and, uh, acrylics and such. And, and it, the material you work with, uh, each one has kind of a secret to it. Uh, you know, uh, uh, like like um, how you how you express uh, the the events and in 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 what in uh, what style what form what voice uh, all of these things have to be um, uh, put together and I I I'm wondering does a person would you think that a person should work on perhaps at a master's level uh, or should they just start writing. From well, their, from where they are, um, I well, I one of the reasons I did the master's degree is because I knew it would force me to write and finish something. Uh, but I think any any you can just start writing. You can just put it words down on paper, and it doesn't have to be anything profound. It doesn't have to be like I said. If you're doing it without judgment, well, uh, I I. Remember E.L. Doctorow talking about when he was coming up with an idea, the idea that eventually became Ragtime, one of my favorite books. And he just was looking at the walls of the house that he was in while he was sitting at the typewriter because it was in the 70s. And he just started wondering what events these walls had seen. Hmm. Something simple sure. like describing the house can take you into all kinds of flights of fancy. And of course, if you ask the question, what if, enough or as we say in improv and theater yes and ah. then that has opened doors 
that you can't even begin to imagine. Okay, so it'll actually stretch and pull and draw uh, from from your uh, from your experiences, your imagination, and uh, and and, and uh, sources. Uh, yeah, I like that. Yes, and mm-hmm. so it 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 doesn't it doesn't leave you in a corner. You're you're open to the next the next opportunity, the next window, the next door to the next thought. Yeah, there's a there's a door right there. Once you say yes, and there's a door right there. You just open it and see where it takes you. Okay. Now, um, do you, do you, when you're, when you're writing, do you typically uh, uh, do it entirely in private or do you have, do you share your work as you go? Uh, You know, is this a personal experience or is it a shared experience? Well, my initial thought is it's deeply personal. Now, granted, I was in graduate school, so there were sections of this, chunks of this that I shared in class. Um, I'm not an enormous sharer otherwise. Um, I think it is deeply personal. And I think it's kind of important that um, you you write before you analyze maybe a little bit, and then you can always analyze later. Ah, yes. One of the things I do is I, in the 21st century, I will write my first draft probably in longhand on paper. All right. Which, which has been very helpful because I wrote in all kinds of places getting this done. You know, I'm, I, you know, I was working full-time and going to graduate school. So you would find any time, like grabbing dinner before you have to go back to school, I would write in the restaurant. Right? Oh. I would write in, write in longhand. And then the act of, of putting it into the computer is, is your first job of editing. But Excellent. The, the first draft to me, nine times out of ten, is longhand. I just, I just try to get it down, and then you get to look at it and, and analyze it once you, you've, uh, you know, put it in the computer. So, and then from that point on, many, many more drafts probably. Well, I've, I've seen people uh, in, in coffee shops uh, for, you know, for a while. I, um, uh, down in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I used to know all of the coffee shops in the, uh, the, the several areas down there, which are many. And um, and I see people with uh, yellow tabs, uh, tablets of paper, writing. Others with, uh, you know, uh, computers or tablets, and just it seemed like it would attract writers because they could be in a public place, but yet have a personal and a private um, uh, opportunity to work. Uh, you know, it, it's a, a kind of like a, you know, people that are introverted in a sense, but don't mind being in a public space. Mm-hmm. Well, and also too, you, you never know what kind of um, uh, stimulus you're going to get from wherever you are. Ah. For instance, the scene on the bus. Yes. Where Raymond is on the bus. Uh, a great section of that was written in a restaurant on Central Avenue in St. Pete here in Florida. Oh, yeah. And some of the businesses that he's looking at, that Raymond is looking at as the bus is going down the street, I saw you know, while I was, while I was eating in the restaurant. So you just never know. You have to be open, I think for, or you just have to be open. And I, I, I like that picture. Yeah. You had the, um, the woman, she came on the, on the bus uh, with this brilliant red hair and she was picky. She had all these, uh, um, all this baggage with her. And then, <laughs> and she also had an infant in her hand. I don't know how she traveled with all of that. But she managed to get up on the bus, and, and that was quite a story. I, I, I mean, within the story, it just—it was—it um, was a moment that uh, 
that made me stop and think, yeah, there are people like this. And, and some of the uh, places where people write, and some people are very private, some are very open about it. I, I do like the fact that um, uh, we need to write before we analyze. And But I, I'm very interested in, in maybe touching on this, the book itself. Uh, okay. I, I, I'd like the way that you... Um, that you uh, you put this together. Uh, it, it, I, I don't think a book has to follow a chronological order, especially if you are looking back at history and weaving that into the story. But how did you? Uh, how would you describe the way you opened this up and, and how you went through the story? Uh, well, my thinking was was that Raymond, in the course of this one day after he gets um, this bad news from the doctor was going to have a kind of day separate from his sister, from his daughter where he would have chance to reflect on things that he's done in his life and how his life has unfolded particularly particularly as it related to his son and um, so then I started thinking how would that happen and I, originally I was very fascinated with um, the Odyssey where it took Ulysses, I think, 10 years or whatever it was to get back to his family after fighting the Trojan yes. War. Yes. Uh, and I just thought that that's, you know, our desire to get back to the ones we love never ends. It, you, you know, you could be any age. And I, and I started thinking of that, particularly after my mother passed away and my father was alone, started thinking about that. And then I thought, how could I make that fit uh, the story? And so that was kind of the, the shape of the story. Um, and, and, but it, it was... I, did, I didn't want to do too parallel to the Odyssey. I didn't want there to be sirens and, and monsters coming from the, you know, and I'll, I didn't want it to be. And then I started thinking about the seven ages of man from, from Shakespeare. Yes. And I thought that, that, boy, that really is the path we take. And, and we might think of it in that way. So um, if you think about it, his encounters with those people that he meets before he, he gets to the end. Um, are from the different ages, you know. Okay. There's, a, there's a baby, and then there's a a, a youngster, um, and so a soldier. Yeah, so that's that was kind of what gave me the shape. And they didn't even necessarily have to happen in order. But um, and then inter interlock, you know, intertwined with that was Cassie's experience, um, which originally it was only going to be Raymond's story. But one of my mentors at UT said. You know, it's as much about Cassie as it about Raymond. And so I was so intrigued by writing in a second voice that I jumped, I just jumped right on that. Well, it's interesting how um, you had, uh, uh, Cassie had a brother and, and, uh, and, and her, her son was Joey. And, and this is how you distinguish them. And then, uh, so and, and I was early in the story. I was wondering, well, what about uh, her brother? What happened? And it wasn't until later, and I don't want to have a, I don't want to uh, reveal anything. Uh, uh, your readers need to discover this, but it's just a fascinating story how all of these parts just all tied together. It was just uh, a, a, a beautiful to see the three different generations and and all the people involved uh, in in their lives and and uh, and how this basically took us to a very significant, well, a couple of very significant scenes there that were, or, you know, uh, chapters that were just uh, mind-blowing mm, well, uh, from you. my perspective. No, good. Well, thank you. Hey, I'm sorry to cut you off again. Um, so um, uh, I didn't think it through, actually, because uh, I have uh, 
Uh, Zoom, Zoom only, you know, have, has one link, uh, and uh, I have people in the waiting room, so we'll have to uh, finish this some other time, maybe what, what we I'm got done with um, my meeting. Well, th this is, I think we pretty much, um, we, we brought it to a point. I, I you know, I, I think it, it, it's, it sounds I like. It, I think it'll be, it's long enough. Yeah, it's like 25 minutes almost. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. that's, that's yeah. good. I, I think. So that, if you want to just like wrap it up and, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay, that's, uh, how do we want to do a wrap-up uh, before we do it? Uh, should we mention um, where they can find the book or how they can buy yeah, it? Yeah, ask, uh, ask, ask Kevin where uh, people can find his work and, uh, yeah. Okay, then we'll bring it to closure uh, with, with the last few minutes here. Okay. I, I'm sorry, what? One minute. One minute. Okay, well, let's do this in one minute. Okay. Okay, uh, I, I'm, Kevin, I'm very interested in how I might be able to uh, purchase the uh, books. So I have friends that would that would be dying to read this. How would they um, How would they get a copy of your book? You can purchase it through the publisher, Breaking Rules Publishing, and also it's available on Amazon. Uh, so go to either of those two and buy it. And just a really quick shameless plug: it recently won the Independent Press Award. For distinguished favorite in LGBTQ fiction. So now I can literally say it's an award-winning book. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Independent Press Award is is uh, a coveted award, and I want to thank you. And it's a pleasure to to speak with you, to learn more about you. I will be um, looking forward to your next books. Oh, thank you, thank you very much, Charles. Well, be well and be safe. You too. Thank you. Pleasure. Bye bye. Bye-bye. Embrace Magazine is the first ever LGBTQ plus magazine in North Central Florida. It premieres on May 31st, 2020 as a digital-only annual magazine with a possible limited print. The mission is to present stories of gay and straight communities coming together to live, work, play, and pray. The magazine provides content that is appealing to both the LGBTQ plus community as well as straight communities. To learn more, visit our website as embracemagazine.us and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash embracemagazine.us.